Welcome to Iron Radio. Coming up, overcoming the elements in a neighborhood race. They lined up on the start line, and I gave them the okay to turn back early and still get a medal, and uh, off they went. After the race, the atmosphere was, was just amazing, you know, with just people congregating and talking about, you know, sharing their the war stories of having been out there. A son inspired by his mother to run long distances. She asked me while I was there if I'd be interested in doing the resolution run with her. Um, at the time, I'm like, I don't even own any running shoes. I was like, well, it looks okay, get some, and then try it out. So I decided, okay, fine, I agreed to do it. And I thought it was kind of rough because, you know, zero to 5K is pretty hard. <laughs> but then I decided to go, well, I could do better than that. And what you think about when you run for 24 hours straight. You can choose whatever challenge you want. You know, it could be your first 42K, it could be 50, it could be 100K, 100 miles. You choose that, it's a race against yourself, nobody else. But you're going to be surrounded by people and people will be pushing you along. They will comfort you, they will cheer for you. On this edition of I Run Radio, we'll share more of the story of the Tannenbaum 10K from a couple of weeks ago. We talked about it a little bit last week. It happened on a very messy day in Toronto. Plus, how a mother got her son into running and he ended up doing obstacle course races and ultra marathons. And we'll hear what one runner says about competing in 24-hour events. Let's get things started now with the editor and general manager of iRun, Ben Kaplan. Hello, Ben. Hey there. You are just back from a trip to the to the Caribbean, right? That's right. I had the great good fortune of running the half marathon on Grand Cayman Island uh, this past Sunday. And boy, oh boy, let me tell you something. You get the opportunity to go do that race, by all means, do it. It was fun. Yeah. So let me un- let make sure I understand the appeal of Please. this. Yeah. You okay, were yes. <laughs> you were in the Caribbean in the in in the tropical climate of the Cayman Islands in yeah. December, yeah. rather than being in Canada. See if you can and, see if you can fathom the appeal. Yeah, yeah. I'm just that's right. I'm just trying to understand why why that would be good. Yeah, and and the thing is, you know, you worry about it being too hot because it's very hot out there. Yeah. So what they do is they do the race very early in the morning, and by the time you finish, you know, you've run a half marathon and you've run it pretty hard, so you're awfully hot, so you just jump into this beautiful crystal blue water, you know, to cool off, to cool off if you get too hot after your race. So that's another thing that's, you know, holds some appeal. I like to cool off I'm, that way. I, I'm still not getting it. I, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> So you yeah. so you're saying you had a good time, I think. Yeah. You're yeah, saying this was a good. this was a pleasant experience. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. And let me tell you, I, I do this and this would be a bit of advice to everybody. I don't listen to music all of the time when I run. I don't listen to music all of the time when I race. But, you know, I was just going under that uh that, that philosophy that better have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. And uh so I did that. And about maybe 11K into the race, I popped it on, or maybe 13K. At any point, at some point, just when, you know, you're starting to, the run kicks in a little bit. So at first, it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm out here. This is unbelievable. And then, you know, 55 minutes in, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, I'm I'm working out here, too. And I'd also been in, uh, been in the Caribbean. You know, so I may have had a margarita or two more than I usually would prior to race day. But I turned my music on, 
And let me tell you, you know, you never know where the magic's going to find you, you know, where the magic's going to find you. And boy, I put my music on and it came to that song, Free Falling by Tom Petty. Okay. And I tell you, don't you just love that feeling? I mean, I got my race pictures back and you can see photographs of me just out there smiling from ear to ear at the race, you know? And it just, re- I'm smiling right now even having that memory because it was a funny thing. I remember thinking to myself, should I do the music? Should I not? You know, and I thought about it for, I don't know, five minutes or whatever. And then I put it on and I just, I magically soared. Uh, you know, and you just, you never know what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's so funny. It still fascinates me every time I do any of these things that I'm constantly able to surprise myself. Sure. So again, to recap, you're, you're on a tropical <laughs> island. You're running, which you love to do. It's early in the morning. When it's over, yeah. you can jump in a nice crystal blue, cool, watery environment. You're listening to some of your favorite music. And and this is an experience you would recommend for others. I, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here yeah. and say I'd be hard-pressed to imagine really anyone who wouldn't uh, find this pleasant. And I would say it was, a, it was a small race, you know, perhaps a thousand runners. But they brought in, you know, the, uh, a big British contingent. And there was a British Olympian who actually set the course record. His name was Chris something. And he was just a sweetheart, but the race was so small that, like, you know, and oh, you get two beer tickets for the end. Uh, so, you know, afterwards, there's this little beer thing, and you're drinking beer at, I guess, 7.30 in the morning after you finish your race, or 8, or whatever it is. But, you know, the run was so, so, so you're talking to the winner, and he was just such a nice guy, and, you know, he was drinking the beer, and, he, you know, he's an Olympian, and he's going for the Olympics this summer. And, you know, my wife and I were sort of hanging out with him, you know, and he was just, it was really, really cool. I love that. And you were able to bring your wife as well, and and right. not your kids. Is that right? That's. Yeah, that's and, and you left you, you left that detail until now, as we were itemizing all of the different benefits of this trip for you. You leave you out the fact that see, you're there with your wife and not your kids. Uh, are you beginning yeah. to see the appeal I'm, of such a thing? I'm. It's starting. The the picture's coming into focus for me now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it, that's just it. You know, there's lots of different races. In fact, in the new issue we have, uh, we're going to do a big list of runs between, let's just say, December and April, or whatever, we come out in the middle of January or the end of December. But, you know, we're going to have a list. So in the new issue, and I'll also put it online, because there's lots of races. And actually, last week, and I think Jamaica had one, Bermuda had one, yeah. Grand Cayman had one. So there's there's lots of these opportunities. And look, you there's know, it's always a race. Cheap. Yeah, there's always a race, and it's not cheap, but, uh, boy, it sure is good. Sounds like it. Ben, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. (laughs) I appreciate it, man. That's Ben Kaplan, IRUN's editor and general manager. Coming up next, despite the weather, a strong turnout at a neighborhood race. This winter, participate in the biggest winter multi-sport event in the world, solo or in a team relay. Complete on a continuous basis the five disciplines of the pentathlon. Cycling, running, Nordic skiing, skating, and snowshoeing. Choose between 17 different challenges. There's one for you. The Pentathlon des Neiges of Quebec, presented by MEC from February 22nd to March 1st on the Plains of Abraham in Quebec City. Be part of it. Ben mentioned on last week's show how much he enjoyed being part of the Tannenbaum 10K this year. It's an annual event put on by the Beaches Runners Club in Toronto, but this year 
The weather was not cooperative at all. We are joined by one of the organizers of the event, Dave Emilio. Dave, great to welcome you back to iRun Radio. Always happy to join you, Mark. So Ben has been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, this event that you did in in clement weather, to put it mildly, in Toronto a few weeks ago in the beaches. So tell us about the event, and then we can talk about what you experienced that day. Yeah, for sure. So it was uh, last weekend during... Um you know, the second major snowfall of, of uh, Toronto this year. And it was the 14th annual running of the Tannenbaum 10K, which, as you might know, is the first race that the uh, Beaches Runners Club put on. So this was, uh, this was a big year for us. It was our biggest crowd yet. At, uh, we sold over 1,500 spots, which is about the max that we can do for that location because of the narrow path. And uh, we were all excited for it to be an epic year, and an epic year it was. Yeah, and 1,500 is a big number for a neighborhood race. That's impressive. This is not the Scotiabank Toronto Waterfront Marathon. This is not the Vancouver Sun Run. This is a a, a run that is uh, organized by volunteers and run through the streets of your community, right? That's true. It's it's as big as it can get, and and I think it would grow if if we were able to, but the runners seem to be happy with the size. We get a lot of good feedback on you know, it's the feel of a big race, you know, with, uh, you know, Black Toe running and Saucony on board. They kind of sort of bring that element of, um, you know, with some prizing and, and the big start arch and stuff like that. It, it seems like you're you're showing up at a big event, but it's still it's run by runners. All, every Almost every volunteer is a runner themselves and just donating their time and uh, cheering loudly. And it, it just, it becomes really a great community event for the GTA and uh, really outlying areas, not just not just the GTA. We get, we get runners from all over Ontario and all over the world, really. Yeah, and I know it's time-consuming and it involves a lot of work and it's a labor of love, but uh, tell me a little bit about what it feels like to have this group of people come together and organize an event like this every year. Oh, it feels great because it, um, it is... People showing up is the feedback that says we're putting on a good show and year after year, it grows. Year after year, the feedback continues to be good. You know, you know whether it matters or not, it's a constant five star, five star rating on Facebook posts and and whatnot. And it's you know, labor love is is, is the way it is. Um, there's about ten of us that devote a lot of time throughout the entire year on not just this race or some of our other races, but this is our this is our our big biggest one and probably the one that we, you know care but the most because of uh it being our first one and the, and the cherry involved the center 55 share christmas program is just an awesome initiative yeah tell us more about that yeah they uh they're serving over 1,000 uh, families in this area um not just families but uh you know elderly who just can't get around to shopping and cooking a christmas dinner or can't afford to do it uh, and families that uh, can't afford to put, you know, a, a big meal on the table at Christmas and and uh, gifts for the kids, and so they exist. They sign up and they uh, they get vetted, and if they are deemed needy, they get in on this program. And the Center 55 has a huge volunteer base that shops, cooks, prepares, delivers, you know, over a thousand uh, baskets for for these families. So it's just amazing. 
That's great stuff. And uh, that that's the kind of cause that makes uh, all of the volunteer hours worth it and just adds another level of meaning to an event like your 10K race, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, to go to go back a bit, that's why we did this race. Um, you know, it was actually started by not myself, a couple of other people in our community, and when it got bigger, we just helped take it over. But the reason why we were so passionate about it is, is because of that charity itself. It was never meant to be you know, such a good race that it is. It was just meant to be a means to get some, you know, first it was food donations and whatever cash you could spare, and then it became a proper race. And and uh, it just, it grew. And when we realized, you know, that it, the potential of the race, and we've just always worked harder and harder at making it the kind of event that runners would like. You know, every detail is like, but runners like this detail, yes, then add it. Is this something that's going to benefit the runners? No, then don't add it. And it just became a race that... Uh, uh, you know, a race for runners put on by runners, and that's why the feedback has always been so good, and that's why it's grown the way it has. And with it has come, you know, we're we'll probably get to about thirty thousand or so. Final numbers aren't tally, but thirty thousand dollars their way in order for them to give their, you know, the, uh, you know, it's definitely not all they need, but it's it's certainly a good help for them. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what happened that day, because, of course, Toronto has gotten some early winter this year. You've had snow on the ground, you've had storms, and that day was not good, right? Walk us through it. No, not at all. It was, um, you know, in the end result, fabulous. I couldn't be happier with the end result. But, you know, leading up to it, uh, you know, I guess it was about a week before we started seeing the possibilities of bad weather, but we've had that in the past, in the in the past years where the weather forecast is not good, you know, and then you get to race day and it's never as bad as, uh, as they're predicting or it holds off until later in the day. And we were just hoping that it was that case again this year. Unfortunately not. We woke up uh, nice and early, got set up as if everything was going to be okay. The winds were up, but there was no precipitation yet. We set up the course. We set up the start-finish area. We couldn't set up all the tents and all the, uh, you know, the, the nice big flag teardrop banners and stuff like that that, you know, make up our sort of finish area. We had to scale it down a bit. And uh, just about 20 minutes before the kids, uh, we had the Super Kids 1K, which we had 125 kids signed up for. That was when we realized, okay, this is not looking good. And the freezing rain started, and immediately the path was not promising. So we had we had a big decision on our hands to... Cancel or go on, and, and it's, you know maybe some people don't know you can't just cancel a race and do it the next weekend. Yeah, you know there's a lot of people emailing the night before saying, you know, can we reschedule? It's not looking good tomorrow, and, and you can't. You've got your insurance and your permits and everything you've done, and spent a lot of money to get to that stage. So it's go or don't go. And if you don't go, then you've got 1,500 people who get nothing out of the deal. And uh, and, and you know, I know that there's, you know, we're in Canada and there's a lot of hardcore runners up there. So I just made it an option. If you're, if you don't want to run, don't run. We would never want to force anybody to run. We would never want to uh, put anybody in, you know, any any jeopardy. So we had some runners go out and test the course. Um, they did a, you know, K or so before, and they said, yeah, it's a little bit slippery. But if people just, you know, take it easy, like they would on a Sunday run if they were meeting anyway, and. And just tell them, just take it easy. And then we turned it into a fun run as opposed to a race. And just said, whatever distance you want to do, whether it's 1K or 2K or 5K, turn around, come back, and you're going to get your medal. The medals are here waiting. You're all heroes just for showing up. And we had 
11, uh, I think we had about 1,120 runners start the race, which out of 1,500, you know, that we're looking at about 70 to 75% showed up and, and said, let's give this a shot. And they were ecstatic. They were so happy that we, uh, we we gave them a chance. And some people took us up on the short option and did 2 or 3K or 5K, 6K, 7K, and about 85% of them ran the whole 10K. And uh, we ended up having, you know, we had, we had a winning time of 34 minutes. So, Wow. You know, it was a it was a success, and the people afterwards, you know, it was it was kind of like it's only a ten k race, but they felt like they'd done a marathon, you know, or you know, an epic mountain trail run, and sure, and crossing the finish line, the satisfaction and and sense of accomplishment on everybody and the community coming together and strangers hugging each other that had been running together and and uh, and some of the stories we got where people headed out for two or three k to turn back to do you know four or five six k. And they were realizing the people beside them weren't turning back, and nobody was turning back. So a lot of them just kept going because <laughs> they didn't want to be that first one to turn back. So there's a lot of people that uh, realized they had more in them than they thought, and you know, and they were so happy that they they finished it. And, and how would you describe the atmosphere around it, Dave? Just tell us more about that. Um, well, there's sort of two sets. We had the atmosphere before the race where it was, you know, what? How bad is it going to get? You know how. You know, should we, you know, a lot of people were saying, should we run? You know, is it, is it okay to run? And uh, and it was, you know, not the same excitement you have when that sun is shining and the temperature is a little, a few degrees above zero and and people are doing a warm-up, getting ready to maybe go out and PB because this race produces a lot of PBs because we get that weather where it's just above zero and, you know, people end up realizing their potential when they're not running in the heat. And uh, so we didn't have that same pre-race excitement that we normally have. But once the kids went out and did, uh, you know, we gave the kids the same option, they went out and did their um, their 1K race, and most of them did the whole 1K and came back in with smiles on their faces like you wouldn't believe. All of a sudden, the 10K runners started to go, oh, maybe we got this. And uh, they lined up on the start line, and I gave them the okay to turn back early and still get a medal, and uh, off they went. After the race, the atmosphere was was just amazing, you know, with just people congregating and talking about, you know, sharing their the war stories of having been out there, and and during that, and the winds were from the east, and the race headed to the west, so they went out, and I think a lot of people had five k PVs because the wind was so so strong at their backs. And then they turned around and come home and went, oh, this is a little different, but. They made it back, and they uh, and they were. It was just. It was a really good feel after the races. People chatting and cheering each other and hugging each other. It was, yeah, one of our one of my one of our best events ever, really. Fantastic, and it sounds like there was just a real spirit of resilience and conquering the elements. Uh, congratulations, Dave, for for going ahead with the race and for all you do to organize these events in your community, and uh, and well done. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be with you, Mark. Always good to talk. That's Dave Emilio of the Beaches Runners Club in Toronto. Coming up next, how a mother inspired her son to run 5K, and he ended up doing ultramarathons. This winter, participate in the biggest winter multi-sport event in the world, solo or in a team relay. Complete on a continuous basis the five disciplines of the pentathlon. Cycling, running, Nordic skiing, skating, and snowshoeing. Choose between 17 different challenges. There's one for you. The Pentathlon des Neiges of Quebec, presented by MEC from February 22nd to March 1st on the Plains of Abraham in Quebec City. Be part of it.
Chris Hamilton was encouraged by his mother to start running. They did a 5K together. Now he's taken it much further than either of them imagined, doing obstacle course races and ultra marathons. Chris, welcome to I Run Radio. Hi. So tell me a little bit about how you got into running and, and how it led to all of these different challenges that you've taken on. Well, this goes back about seven and a half, eight years ago. Um, after my daughter was born, um, I was invited over to my mom's for Christmas in Ottawa. And she asked me while I was there if I'd be interested in doing the resolution run with her. Um, at the time, I'm like, I don't even own any running shoes. I was like, well, it's okay. Get some and then try it out. So I decided, okay, fine. I agreed to do it. And then decided to get my resolution run. And went out to there and did that with her. And yeah, I thought it was kind of rough because, you know, zero to 5K is pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, then, but then I decided to go, well, I could do better than that. Got home, signed up for a 10K. Um, decided I like it, finished that 10K, signed up for another one. And then, as you know, some of, them, some of those races come with medals, so... Did another 10K, decided, oh, well, this is kind of interesting, but I'm not doing very good at these things. Um, I don't know, and just going from there kind of exploded. So I was like, well, I like the idea of metal, so get the bling. Um, that turned me into me signing up for half marathons. All the while, I'm not really doing very good training, you know, just going out and shuffling, running or walking. Um, but decided that, you know what, I'm starting to enjoy this and losing a little bit of weight. Different way of staying active. So I guess that just kind of turned into the running bug. And that's when I discovered other options like obstacle course racing. Right. And the rest is history. Um, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> so we should say a little more about your mom because she is a runner herself, of course, and she does triathlons as well. And uh, obviously, she's quite an athlete too. She's actually signed up for her first marathon um, this coming year. Okay. Yeah, she signed up for the Ottawa Marathon. But yeah, she's been running well, a lot longer than I have. Um, she likes the try distance. Um, like, yeah, the try, like, run, walks, swim. Um, I can't, like, I think the Olympic distance is what it's called. Right. Okay. Yeah. She does that a fair bit. Um, but yeah, I'm she does that, tries to stay as active as she can, um, even despite some limitations she has from Crohn's. Now, did she have any idea that when she got you to do a 5K run seven or eight years ago that this was going to take off for you like this? Um, I don't think she thought I'd catch the bug quite to the level that I have. Um, just thought, like, yeah, this could be a fun thing to do. You know, a 5K is a good thing. But I always wonder, like, well, can you always do more? And um, like my mother, we both have kind of addictive personalities when we find something that we enjoy doing it. Doing, we try to do it as much as we can. So tell me what it is that appeals to you about the obstacle course races in particular. Um, it kind of gives you a little bit of a change. Um, sometimes when you're running for long distances after, say, you know, 10, 15 minutes, you can get bored. Um, just kind of repeating and doing the same thing. When you, when you do obstacle course racing like the Spartans or Rugged Maniac, um, it's like every 500 meters you get something that you need to overcome. Either it's a wall to climb over, barbed wire 
crawl under. So it kind of changes things up for it. So it keeps the entire, entire thing a lot more interesting. Um, add to it not knowing what's coming next. So tell me about some of the events you've done. Uh, you did the Rugged Maniac, is that right? Yes. Tell us about that I one. I did that. Well, um, Rugged Maniac's a five-kilometer obstacle course race. Um, I've done that a number of years. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a 5K trail run, basically, with 25 obstacles strung throughout of it. Yeah, um, and we should point no out that, you know, we say 5K, and, and somebody who has never done an obstacle race might think, oh, 5K, uh, you know, maybe you can run that in half an hour or something like that. But there's 25 obstacles on the course, right? That's right. Um, some of the obstacles involve climbing up and over a 10-foot wall. Right. It's a little more like boot camp than, than running a road race. Yes, exactly, like boot camp. Um, one of the things about Rugged Maniac is there's no penalties if you fail an obstacle. Um, some other races, like, say, Spartan Race, if you fail an obstacle, you're required to do 30 burpees. So it kind of creates that incentive to being able to overcome the obstacles without... Now, uh, you also did the Spartan Trifecta. What's that? Um, Spartan Trifecta, well, there's three different race distances for the Spartan. Um, they have their sprint distance, which is about a five to seven kilometer. Um, they have their super, which is 14 kilometers. And then they have their beast event, which is 21 plus kilometers. Um, last year, we did the Trifactor Weekend, which is all three race distances in the course of three days. Wow. So um, you, yeah. you do all three of them one day after another? Yes. Yeah, so, like, no breaks at all. Um, it takes place on a in Kimberley, so it's in the Kimberley Mountain Ranges. Um, so, a lot of distances combined with a lot of huge elevation gains. I think over the course of that one weekend, uh, we ended up doing about sixty kilometers of running. Wow! And a lot of climbing, and a lot of obstacles. A lot of climbing, <laughs> a lot of obstacles. Um, it's kind of like there's parts of it climbing up the mountain. Um, are you a skier? Not really, no. Um, do you understand the concept of uh, the difficulty for skiing slopes? Right. Okay, so a level of difficulty called the Black Diamond, which is a more expert level of skiing. Okay. It's usually fairly steep. Um, part of it on the weekend, we had to climb up the equivalent of a very steep hill. It's almost like you're crawling up the hill. And yeah, that went on for about a kilometer nonstop before you had to climb over another wall and then run some more. Incredible. And you've done some ultra marathons as well, is that right? Yes. Um, most recently was the Lost Souls Ultra. Um, that was just this past September. It was a 100-kilometer race. Okay. How did that go? I did it. <laughs> That's all but that matters. It, 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 yeah, it wasn't very pretty towards the end of it. You start slowing down a lot, um, and when you're running in the dark, you can't see beyond your headlamp. Um, a, lot of those, a lot of the longer course alterations take place away from everything, so you don't have any of the interruption of city lights, just you and the trail. And do you like that? Do you like that? Because that, there's an element of solitude to this, obviously, right? Yeah. 
Um, I think it's kind of not knowing what to expect to come next and gives you a lot of time to think. Sometimes you're thinking about a lot of nothing. Um, sometimes you're thinking about your pace or what nutrition you need to do. And then other times you're just thinking about, you know, life, the universe, and everything. What else do you get from it? What, because you could you could run half marathons and 10Ks or even marathons, and it would be a, a completely different experience from this. So what else do you derive from the challenge of an ultra marathon or an obstacle race or a trifecta like you did? Um, I think a lot of it's just that sense of achievement, doing something that you never really thought that you could do. Um, figuring out what your potential boundaries are and then seeing if you can go even further. And what's next for you? How do you intend to go further now? In the, I'm probably going to keep doing longer distances. I want to try to see if I can do better at the 100K. Um, ultimately, I think I want to try to gear up to the Sinister 7. Um, that's kind of a pipe dream goal race. It's 100 miles. Apparently, it's the kilometers 160. Yeah. See how much further I can go. Um, I'm not quite there yet got a little bit more vigorous cutoff times. And, of course, just, you know, keeping at it. And how different is training for some of these events compared to training for a half marathon or marathon? It's not actually that big different. Um, I think the biggest one, um, you know, with a marathon or half marathon training, you have the long run. Usually people do that on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, with an ultra marathon, you basically do that both Saturday and Sunday. Right. So like the idea is you, you do the long run on Saturday, and then you get up and do the exact same long run again on Sunday on tired legs. Right. But everything else is essentially the same. And you still do your speed work, you do your hills work, yeah. And when you're deep into a 100-kilometer run or you're doing the third leg of a trifecta of obstacle course racing, do you ever get the urge to just stop? And how do you overcome it? Sometimes you think, like, I am so done, but at the same time you realize, like, well, you signed up for this. Like, why would you want, like, why would you sign up for this if you didn't want to see if you could do it? Yeah. I think at that point, it just becomes, you get into a mantra, mind's basically left foot, right foot, repeat. And then just keep doing that. Times a hundred or a thousand or however long you have to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chris, it's very impressive. Congratulations on everything you've done, and thank you so much for being with us on the show. Well, Mark, thanks for inviting me. That's Chris Hamilton of Calgary. Coming up next, what you think about when you run for 24 hours straight. This winter, participate in the biggest winter multi-sport event in the world, solo or in a team relay. Complete, on a continuous basis, the five disciplines of the pentathlon. Cycling, running, Nordic skiing, skating, and snowshoeing. Choose between 17 different challenges. There's one for you. The Pentathlon des Neiges of Quebec, presented by MEC from February 22nd to March 1st on the Plains of Abraham in Quebec City. Be part of it. Lydia Ouellette was the women's winner at a recent 24-hour race in Gatineau, Quebec. She ran more than 93 kilometers in 24 hours. Now she's training for an event in Paris. Lydia, welcome to I Run Radio. Thank you very much. 
tell me a little bit about how you got into running and then how from there you got into long distance running. Well, I think as a kid, I was always very athletic. I was active. I played uh, sports in high school. And then a little bit older, I felt like running was the easiest thing to pick up. You know, wherever I would go, I was able to just put on my shoes and go for a quick run. So um, when I moved to uh, this area, I started with the 5K, 10K, the local races, and then I got the bug for the marathon. And from then, I realized well, I could go even a little bit longer. This is really fun. I like it. And what was it you liked about it? Because for a lot of people, a marathon is far enough. It's even a little bit uh, too far, stretching them a little bit. So what made you feel like, you know what, I can go further? Yes, you're right. The marathon is a long training. You're right. But you know what? When you're trying to do a marathon, often you're really thinking about the end of it, the final time. But when you go the long distance, especially the 24-hour time events, for example, it's not as important. What you care more about is the moment, is running one hour after another. And you just focus about being present in the moment. So this is a totally different game. So it's, it's a different mentality then when you're running a long-distance event beyond a marathon, especially a 24-hour event. Yeah, and you know, the best thing about it is that you run with fantastic runners, people that are 70 years old, people that are super fast, that are going to do, do maybe 200 kilometers in 200 hours in the 24-hour event. You also run with new people that are just starting, and this is a great opportunity to connect with so many different types of people. Now, before you did a 24-hour event, though, I'm sure you did some other events that were not quite so long. Tell me a little bit about your progression from the marathon to these 24-hour events. Sure. Well, I did start in the 90s. And do you remember back then what was in fashion for running was run less, run faster. You would be running like three runs a week and you wouldn't end up doing with a marathon. Well, I did well in those days. And then I realized this was mentally very draining. I felt like I was always going 100% on every run, and I, there was something that was missing. So I did a, a total of nine marathons. I did Boston as well, and I loved every moment of it. But there was something missing, and the running slow and not rushing and always thinking about speed was what I was looking for. So when I did my very first 50K, um, that was in Montreal, the uh, Montreal Summit Quest run in June. I did that, and I did a few more 50Ks. I realized, whoa, this is a different thing. And you get to eat all the time as well. <laughs> That's a nice bonus, too. Um, yes. But you're right, though, that if you run a marathon, it is all about the finish line and about your time. People will ask you, well, what was your time in the marathon? Did you qualify for Boston? Was it faster than the last time? And there's sort of a, everybody kind of has, a, at least in the running community, a picture in their head of what constitutes a fast marathon. Uh, and, mm -hmm. but, but for 50K races or 50-mile races or 100K races, it isn't about that at all, right? You're right. It's the experience and the people you meet, absolutely. So tell me about some of the experiences you had when you did these 50K races. Well, I've got to admit that uh, the uh, Sri Chinoy race that is taking place at Estiku is 
pretty much my backyard. It's really close. This is how I stumbled on this race like a few summers ago, and I realized, oh, wow, there's a really wide range of runners here, younger, older, faster, slower. And I was very curious about this race. I mean, people that are going round and around for 24 hours uh, on this little one-mile loop and setting up a tent and stopping whenever they wanted to eat or drink or stretch or sit or even sleep. This was such a different race um, that I was curious and I was tempted to try it. So my first year I did the 50 miles. That was my first attempt. I told myself my goal is to finish before dinner because the race starts at 8 a.m., right? Okay. You do the 24-hour, you do 8 a.m. till 8 a.m. So I did 50 miles, not setting myself any goal, but if I have to walk half of it, that is fine. But actually, I realized if you go slow, if you eat, if you talk to people, if you enjoy your day, you realize that you're going to cover a lot of ground, ground and it's going to be pretty pleasant. It's going to be a good experience. You're running around in, in circles in a lot of cases, right, in these in these right. 24-hour events. The, the course is not very big. Sometimes it's even on a track. Does it not get right. mono- does it not get monotonous at times? It is. I tell you what, you are not relying on the power of your legs for those events. You really rely on your brain. Right. You know, you go. It ebbs and flows during the day. You have moments where you feel like connecting with people. You might walk. You might run with someone, have a chat, and you've got other moments where you feel like you're a bit more an introvert and you're thinking about your day, your life. And I tell you what. When the Strishanoi race starts, it, they always start with a one minute of silence. And this moment is a moment to gather yourself, to stop, take a deep breath, but also to be really grateful of this day, this opportunity, the training that has been accomplished that brought you to that moment that day. And to me, it's a celebration of all that. Well, that sounds great. Now, there must be moments, though, where it gets pretty difficult, where you... Where you... <laughs> Don't want to keep going, but you have to, right? Correct. The middle of the night, you know, this is what I was looking for. I was looking for it when I did my second time at Trichenoy. I wanted to cross the night and see the sun rise. And I tell you what, it, it's in summer, so the sun rise pretty early. When I saw the few lights, I had a few tears and a few... I was holding back some big sobbing because I realized that I had done what I wanted to do. And this was an incredible moment, a great achievement beyond what I was hoping for. And you know what? The number on the board didn't matter at that time. It was that experience. Yeah. And how did you feel in that moment? I had received... I had just succeeded. Right. And how do you feel when you finish? Because obviously... Uh, as much as you're enjoying the moment and trying to be uh, focused on the present, when you when you do get to stop, that must be uh, that you must be glad to be finished. <laughs> I was very glad, and uh, not only that, you know, I came first position for women, and you know, when I started my race, I had talked with all the other women and. A lot of them were very competitive, and they had a very clear goal of winning this race. So it was a surprise when I realized my name was on top of the board. And not only that, when they did the award ceremonies, I received a trophy for Rookie of the Year. <laughs> wow. As, yeah, I was very happy because that was given by the organizers, regional organizer, but also the runner that I recognized that for a first-timer I had done 
an okay job, I guess. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's fantastic. Tell me more about what your plans are now. You're going to uh, you're going to race in an event in Paris. Is that right? That's correct. You know, it's a little race. Um, it's called Paris by Night. It's in January, an event. So it's a night race. It starts at 10 p.m. and we're going to finish early in the morning with sunrise. Um, the runner that is organizing it is one of the famous long-distance runners in France. His name is uh, Guillaume Artry, and he's organizing a race for runners who just want to discover Paris. So uh, actually, it's not a race. It's a run. We're going to be running with him for the whole time. So he's even setting the pace. He wants us to run six minutes a kilometer for 10 hours. Uh, we're going to be covering 80K, and not only that, we're going to see 100 monuments in Paris. So that should be fun. That and sounds great. Said, yeah, and he said the Christmas lights are still on, so we might have a bit of snow, we might have a bit of rain, surprise, and we have to be totally independent uh, food-wise. There's one stopover for water, but uh, it's you have to bring all your food on their little backpack. And obviously that is a big consideration for what you do, is if you're going to run for 24 hours, unlike a marathon where you might just bring a few gels with you or something like that, if you're running for 24 hours or you're doing an overnight event or an 80K race, those kinds of things, you really do have to plan out what you're going to eat, don't you? Correct. Um, on this event, you have to be fairly autonomous and carry everything. But if you're doing a three shimono, what I had was my little table and my little tent, and I had set all my food. And not only that, the team is providing food all day long, hot food, cold food, beverages. So those 24 hours race, you don't have to think too much about it. But. Yeah. So if you were to tell somebody who has never done one of these events uh, what, mm -hmm. it's, what it's like and why it appeals to you so much, what you get out of it, what would that be? You can choose whatever challenge you want. You know, it could be your first 42K, it could be 50, it could be 100K, 100 miles. You choose that, it's a race against yourself, nobody else. But you're going to be surrounded by people, and people will be pushing you along. They will comfort you. They will cheer for you, because that's your thing. My fa That was the very first time that my family could come and see me run and see me for more than 20 seconds or even 10 seconds. Because you know how it is. Run, when we run the Ottawa Marathon, our family is standing the, on the corner of the street. They might see us pass by, but that's it, right? So if you do a 24-hour event, uh, my family and my kids came and saw me running several times during the day. And not only that, when I was talking to other people that had no visitors, nobody that came, I feel like the support of the family when they came and see me, that was the one person that made me feel better and made me go further, I think. That was the difference. So that's another thing. That's another reason why you want to run those, because finally you feel like your family is part of your run. Wow. And this must carry over into other parts of your life as well. Have you learned something about life from all the running that you've done? Oh, absolutely. You know... I think as a runner, you are not as goal-focused, but more process-focused, right? Because you put your plan in front of you, and you're like, okay, I want to be there in that amount of time, so how will I get there? And you follow your plan, right? Stick to your plan as much as you can. And I think at work and life, 
I do that too. I mean, I'm more process oriented. I'm like, I'm seeing long-term goals rather than just day-to-day challenges. So yes, I'm sure it translates in most aspects of my life. Well, what you do is incredible, Lydia. Congratulations on all your success and best of luck as you prepare for this event in Paris. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and I hope I get to see you again on the race course here in Ottawa. That's Lydia Ouellette of Gatineau, Quebec, and that's it for our show this week. Hope you can join us next week on iRun Radio. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.